What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. Looking across the rest of the AFC East for a snapshot in training camp, plus some Dolphins fans having questions if the team should be pursuing linebacker Roquan Smith, who just requested a trade. All that today here on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network. And uh, today is a chance for us to look at the Dolphins from a big picture point of view but also look across the rest of the AFC East landscape. Because, of course, last week I spent time in South Florida at training camp for the entirety of the week and got a chance to observe the Dolphins in their practice and contrast that to the team last year. And uh, the discrepancies in talent that exist in several spots is very clear and obvious. But those expectations have to be paired with the current state of affairs across the rest of the AFC East and how things are going in East Rutherford, New Jersey and in Orchard Park, New York and in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I don't necessarily know exactly where their training camps are, but um, the Dolphins are getting ready to hold a couple of joint practices before the preseason game in Tampa against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Great. That's going to be a great litmus test for the Dolphins. But all of your expectations for this team ultimately come rooted back to how you perform in the division. And of course, the Dolphins performed quite well in the AFC East, with the exception of playing that team from Western New York, uh, because they swept the Pats and they swept the Jets last year. Great. Four wins. It's a good start. Uh, You're going to need four wins minimum this year to really strongly position yourself uh, for a postseason run in the AFC East. And um, that could come any number of different ways, but I think the most productive thing for us to do is to take a look across the AFC East and say, hey, here's how my big picture expectations for the Dolphins have and have not changed based off the last week at camp, but also here's what's going on elsewhere in the AFC East. And I would start with the Jets. Uh, The Jets are a team that in the midst of their own rebuild, they have much more talent at their disposal and they have their fans have every reason to be excited about what the future holds because they like the dolphins had a massive influx in young talent over the course of the last two years. They have, uh, as one of my coworkers over the draft network, Chris Schubert pointed out who unfortunately tragically is a jets fan. Um, in the last two years, they have invested in all of the premium positions. They invested in an offensive tackle, They invested in a quarterback. They invested in a cornerback. They invested in a pass rusher. All in the draft in the last two years. Now, the Jets did seemingly get some bad news as it pertains to one of those core premium players in Mekhi Becton, the offensive tackle that the team took uh, in the same year that the Dolphins, was, I guess, three years ago. Um, Mekhi Becton was drafted in the same draft as Austin Jackson was. And Mekhi Becton 
has been up and down as far as his consistency is his performance. Well, Mekhi Becton, they had concerns about his weight, uh, weight management in the offseason, and he came into camp and he was in shape, but he had a surgically repaired knee that apparently he re-injured with a new unrelated injury in the same knee yesterday at camp. So you think about the, the New York Jets and, and where their roster stacks right now. And I'll go ahead and pull up the offensive line. I want to make sure we're speaking educated, right? And I understand George Fant uh, played well for them last year, but he's an older tackle in the last year of his contract. They'll be motivated to play well. The team spent handsomely on Lake and Tomlinson, bringing him over from San Francisco. And of course, the, uh, the Jets run the same offensive scheme. Uh, with Mike LaFleur as the offensive coordinator. Uh, he's also off the same Shanahan tree uh, that we now are experiencing the install of ourselves. The team drafted Connor McGovern in the first round. Excuse me, Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. They traded up to get him. So you have three pieces there that you feel pretty good about, although... Lakin Tomlinson is really the only one that moves the needle as, as far as being a quality starter. The rest of that group is still um, a work in progress. Uh, George Fant has been up and down for his career. And now you have Mekhi Becton, who the news is sounding like potentially could be out for the year already. And every team in the NFL is going to suffer from injuries and is going to have attrition. But this is. The issue for the Jets is they have a lot of youth and they don't have a lot of depth. And that's something that we saw for the Dolphins last year that was highly problematic in stretches of the season. The starting quarterback goes down. Guess what? It, things are cataclysmic, right? And I do not think the Jets have the horses. If Makai Becton is gone for the season, their offensive tackles as they remain are Max Mitchell, a fourth-round rookie this year from Louisiana. Chuma Idoga, Connor McDermott. Uh, there are some players out there. Dwayne Brown, I know, was, was visiting the Jets. He might be signing a contract, and, and perhaps the Becton news would exacerbate that. But Dwayne Brown's also like 40 years old, too. So you look at the trench play, and obviously we've heard all the reports from this past week and how successful the Dolphins play in the trenches on the defensive line has been. You're going to have a second-year quarterback behind a continued shaky offensive line. Let me know if you've heard this before. Shaky offensive line, uh, a lot of youth and inexperienced players. You know, they're pass catchers. You have a second-round, second-year player. You have a first-round, first-year player. Corey Davis, who peaked in a contract year, has struggled with durability. And then Braxton Berrios, Denzel Mims, and Jeff Smith are your next three wide receivers. Now, their tight end room's pretty solid. They brought in Uzoma Conklin and Jeremy Ruckert via the draft. So they massively upgraded the tight end room. I think that'll be huge for them. Obviously, they have Brees Hall. But Brees Hall, I think, is a player who is going to fit in the scheme that the Jets are going to run. But if you can't win the point of attack with consistency, I don't necessarily think Brees Hall has the ability to create yardage on his own to be a super dynamic and effective football player. So I'm looking at the Jets and... The one thing that they could not afford was to start losing names. They, they simply, their, their roster does not have the depth yet as a part of the Joe Douglas rebuild. So I look at this team and I compare them to Miami, 
And I feel very good about the Dolphins' ability to continue to match up against this football team. Now, Carl Lawson being back on defense is a huge win for them. Jermaine Johnson is a first-round add. Um, he has the ability to really win in the run game and, and flashed very high-level capabilities on the defensive side of the ball or as a pass rusher. So I think they'll, the, the Jets are going to be a better football team. But are they better enough to close the gap and consistently win, especially when you look at their schedule? And let me go ahead and make sure we're speaking educated here on the show. Uh, they've obviously got their three preseason games. The Jets start to the season. Buckle in. This is a trip. Home against the Ravens. At the Cleveland Browns. Home against the Bengals. At Pittsburgh Steelers. Home against the Dolphins. At Green Bay Packers. At Denver Broncos. Home against the Patriots. Home against the Bills. And there's your bye week. First nine games. A lot of youth. Lack of depth. Already potentially taking losses up front. I don't like that for the Jets. So my expectations for Miami versus New York are going to remain exactly the same. Um, there's been nothing in camp, and it sounds like Zach Wilson's had his highs and his lows, and you'd expect that with a young quarterback, and that's fine. Uh, but ball security, when he's had his lows, it continues to be a theme. And that's something for the Dolphins. Yeah, say what you will. Tua Tongvaloa had his good days, and he had his bad days of practice as well, installing the system. But his bad days haven't included ball security issues. And that's something for Miami with a focus on running the football, being more tight in ball security, having better depth, having more explosive speed and talent. You could do the math. I'm not a math guy, but you could do the math. You could also do the math and know that number one means you're at the top of the charts. And that's exactly where Built Bar rests. Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely positively delicious. Right now, you can visit Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com. Promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. The next team I want to talk about is the New England Patriots. And um, the reports out of camp for the New England Patriots are rough, if we're being honest. Um, pretty much everybody who's on the beat in New England or around the team has talked about the offensive struggles that have existed with the Patriots. And yeah, there's new coaches, there's new players, tried to overhaul the wide receiver room somewhat with Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton in the, the second round of the draft. So yeah, you've got new faces. But you also voluntarily traded away Shaq Mason. Uh, you let Ted Karras walk. You lost Josh McDaniels. I don't really like the recipe. And then you, you pair that with some of the vocabulary that's been used to discuss, and here I'll, it's just better to read it again. This is not from me. 
This is from somebody on the Patriots beat. And I think that's important context here. Patriots number, and this is from Tom Curran. Patriots number one offense today has been, quote, distressingly bad. Run stuffs, aborted plays, sacks, distress lobs into traffic just to get the ball out. And this is where it gets really fun if you're a Dolphins fan. Beginning to feel it's less the new offense and more the post Skarnecchia style cycle of offensive line coaches. They are, quote, perpetually overwhelmed. Distressingly bad and perpetually overwhelmed are bits of vocabulary used to describe the offensive effort being headlined by a former defensive coordinator in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, a former special teams coordinator. Uh, David Andrews, longtime New England Patriots uh, offensive lineman, had his post-practice availability and was asked about the struggles, and every response was effectively the Bill Belichick equivalent of we're on to Cincinnati. Just, got, we're going to be better tomorrow. We're going to go in, look at it, Fix it, be better tomorrow. And this is where this is where things start to teeter a little bit. If you're the the New England Patriots and you're the team, because we've seen what Bill Belichick style coaching looks like elsewhere without Tom Brady, right? And the author authoritarian approach works within reason when you win. But if you don't consistently win, players, especially in today's NFL, aren't going to have a stomach for that. And I think that's a scary bit of where the Patriots are teetering on the brink of because you can listen to the messaging all you want, but if you got Joe Judge and Matt Patricia running your offense and they are, quote, perpetually overwhelmed, yeah, it's still training camp. Yeah, it's still early. But these were the concerns that we thought we had when we looked at the personnel group, we looked at the depth chart, we looked at the coaches and said, what the heck's the plan here? So my expectations for the Dolphins, the Dolphins last week at camp relatively met every expectation that I had. The Patriots, the early reports are confirming all of the fears that I had objectively about New England and how things could go wrong. And it sounds like they're continuing to go that way. So not exactly hockey door. And then you also consider defensively, just consider the cornerback room. Stephon Gilmore and JC Jackson were on this roster 12 months ago. Neither one of them is here now. And they replaced him with Malcolm Butler and two round three and round four draft picks in the NFL draft. Okay. My expectations for the Dolphins versus the Patriots has not changed a bit. And of course, that team in, uh, in Western New York, they have all the talent in the world. They are, they are one of the most talented rosters in the NFL from top to bottom, no questions asked. I actually did a mock draft for the Draft Network last week, 
and picking for Buffalo was hard because <laughs> they've got really good players in a lot of spots. And it sounds like they are um, assimilating well enough to uh, some of the coaching changes. You know, they did the impossible. They retained all their assistants for four years uh, amidst all the success that they had. Well, Brian Dave, all the OC is gone, right? Uh, Mike Kafka is now the OC in, in New York. He went with him. New offensive line coach. I think that's the interesting thing with Buffalo, and I, I've talked about that already, and I won't have the answer yet, but I do know Joe Marino, my co-host on Draft Dudes, uh, who tragically is a Bills fan, uh, is up in Buffalo this week for Bills camp for the Draft Network. And uh, the biggest question I'm going to have for him is how is Buffalo going to balance the renewed focus on the offensive line and a style of running game and improving your blocking tight end. They brought in O.J. Howard and bringing Roger Saffold and getting better with all your pieces that, that will allow you to run the football and finding the right balance between being balanced on offense and running the ball slash keeping the ball in your best player's hands as frequently as possible. And that might, that might be a science experiment that takes some time. I don't know. But that's the question I have with Buffalo, and we don't have enough information at this point to be able to, to point to anything one way or another. But I will tell you, um, that team is incredibly talented, but the Dolphins have a ton of talent too. And hopefully this is the year the Dolphins roll out of bed on Sunday in week three and decide they've had enough and put their foot down and uh, do what they need to do to win a football game. I'd love nothing more. Oh, I'd be insufferable that week. But uh, the team I have the least intel on is Buffalo, but we do have some folks from TDN there this week, so I'm looking forward to getting a snapshot for you guys there. Also, no, they, they have a couple of players who are banged up. Uh, a couple of their really good safeties uh, have gotten dinged thus far in camp, but it doesn't sound like anything that will threaten their availability for the start of the season. Uh, Tredavious White might be the exception, the corner who was hurt last year at the end of the year potentially looking at starting the year on the PUP. So if the Dolphins can get Byron Jones back and Tredavis White does indeed fit, start the year on the PUP, that would be a big swing from a talent perspective at a critical position for those two teams in that Week 3 matchup. We're going to uh, talk about Roquan Smith, but before we do, I need you guys to level with me. We've all been in this spot, a little short on cash. Maybe you can only afford to put a couple gallons worth of gas in the car. Maybe you got another save the date for yet another wedding. Whatever it is, you got bills that kind of snuck up on you. You're short on cash. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet can be really stressful. Dave is the banking app that's here to help. It gets you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or pay off those lingering bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out. There's no interest, no credit check that's needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app in the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account to get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you. Thank you. So Roquan Smith officially requested a trade this morning. and. The tweet started rolling in. Kyle, Roquan, should the Dolphins go after Roquan? What's the deal with Roquan? Can we go get Roquan? 
And I'll say this, Roquan Smith is a good starting NFL linebacker. I think from a uh, third down skill set, he'd probably be the best linebacker that the Dolphins would have on the roster if you added him. Now, that's not to say Roquan isn't without his warts as a player. Uh, his ability to fit the run and be consistent in every phase of the position has been, let's say, intermittent. Um, but he's been productive. He's got two, the last two seasons, he's up over 100 total tackles combined. Uh, his missed tackle rate is a respectable 7% the last two years. Uh, he's been productive as a pass rusher. He's got credited with uh, eight sacks the last two seasons, and that comes on just under 130. Not a math guy. Yeah, 130 uh, pass rush opportunities the last two years, and he's played 2,026 defensive snaps for the, the Bears the last two years. <laughs> kind of skill set kind of moves the needle when you think about Elan and Roberts and Duke Riley and Sam McGuavin and Channing Tindall and like all these guys that are like the contenders to play opposite Jerome Baker. But you'd have to have the, the right circumstances in my mind to bring Roquan Smith in, because here's the deal about Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is playing this year on his fifth year option. He's 25 years old, so he's entering into a contract year, and he's due $9.735 million this year, okay? It's a pretty reasonable, it's a pretty significant amount of money. The Dolphins themselves, that's about a little less than half of what they have at their disposal. And again, great, you have that money at your disposal. But also bear in mind, you would be signing yourself up for a contract extension. And the Dolphins are already credited at minus $24 million against the cap next year. What makes the cap space so critical is that you have the ability to roll it over year over year. So if you use, this is like the whole the Dolphins should go get Jimmy G thing. To me, which if you're not a Tua Tonga Loa fan, like I get it. Like you think they're Jimmy G's an upgrade, and I would beg to differ based on just watching the film of the two players. But there's also the financial implications of Jimmy G's do like $26 million this year. Any player you bring in, what they're owed is going to immediately reduce your cap space this year, but that will then impact your ability to get under the cap next year without making restructures or cutting players, all of those things. And that's where I look at the, the Adam Butler decision to part ties. And yeah, Adam Butler's a valuable piece of, was a valuable piece of, of what the Dolphins front wanted to do in their rush sub-package groups. But is Adam Butler so valuable that his play over that of either Christian Wilkins or Zach Sealer in that exact same role would justify losing over $4 million that you could roll over into next year and lop off your discrepancy for against the cap. Because the Dolphins right now could roll over all of their existing cap, restructure one player, or cut one player, and magically they're back under the cap again. Like, it's very simple right now, where if you push all your chips in and you get real aggressive right now, what are you going to trade for Roten? Now, if you trade for Roquan Smith and, and you bring him in-house, A, what do you trade for him? B, do you give him a contract extension right away, understanding that the implications of that are, are kind of risky. 
if you look at the annual average salary of all linebackers in the NFL, Uh, the top names, T.J. Watt, and these are all rush linebackers, so we're going to get into the very important distinguishment of, of compartmentalizing off-ball linebackers and, and stack linebackers, or and edge pass rushers. T.J. Watt, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Von Miller are the four top linebacker salaries as designated by position, which means number five, Shaquille Leonard, is the number one stack linebacker on an annual average salary basis in the NFL, $19.7 million. Okay, so that's one. Fred Warner, stack linebacker, San Francisco 49ers, 19. That's two. C.J. Mosley, New York Jets, 17. That's three. And you got Shaquille Barrett, pass rusher, Chandler Jones, pass rusher, Bud Dupree, pass rusher, Leonard Foy, pass rusher, Foysaid Olakun. Signed this year in free agency with the Jacksonville Jaguars. $15 million. That's four. Hassan Reddick, hybrid pass rush ability. Zach Cunningham, Houston Texans, 14 and a half. That's five. Deion Jones, Atlanta Falcons, 14.25. That's six. Randy Gregory, pass rusher. Robert Quinn, pass rusher. Zadarius Smith, pass rusher. Matt Judon, pass rusher. Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson, 13.6. Stack linebacker, that's seven. Preston Smith, pass rusher. Jerome Baker is number eight at 12 and a half. And then you have Levante David also at 12 and a half. Matt Milano at 10, three, seven, five. Those, that, that rounds out your top 10. Blake Martinez is 10 and a quarter at, at 11. Then Devondre Campbell at 10 on the dot. Eric Kendricks, 10 on the dot. Bobby Wagner, 10 on the dot. So that there's like 13, 14 stack linebackers that are getting over $10 million. If you sign Roquan Smith to a contract right now, you are committing yet another contract because he, he ain't going to take less than that, right? He's probably going to shoot for between Deion Jones, Zach Cunningham, Hassan Reddick, Foisado Lacoon. He's going to look at the Olakun contract and say, I'm a better player than that. And he got 15. So there's a bridge from Mosley at 17 to Olakun at 15 that he's probably going to look to bridge the gap there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he makes an argument that he's, his contract should be more than CJ Mosley too. So anything that you would send right now for Roquan Smith, I think is, is for a short-term contract. And because of that, like, unless they're going to do a straight player swap or player swap and a low pick, I don't think the price and the timing is right for a player that does his best work in space when you need the foil linebacker who can play physically and play downhill, whether it is Elana Roberts or Guavin or the light comes on for Tyndall. I think it's a, it's a hard sell for me. I know Roquan Smith, former top 10 pick, you hear that bears are going to stink. You know, they, they, they'll probably cave here. That's fine. Uh, but I, I think this is, is maybe right place, wrong time uh, for the dolphins to have any interest in making a maneuver like this happen. When you consider what the rest of the talent looks like and how you need to have complimentary players uh, in that room in a perfect world. If, if, um, if Roquan Smith 
was somebody who could thump and fill downhill and play really physical and and play off of blocks and shoot gaps consistently without getting ridden out of the gap with lateral contact, I think you'd have a different story on your hands as far as my interest, not necessarily maybe the Dolphins uh, and their interest, but that's kind of me just looking at the, the picture for what it is. And I would probably advocate Miami to pass on any interest in Roquan Smith. Uh, but that's just my opinion. And, and maybe they'll go a different direction, but that's kind of just me putting my GM hat on, pretending I'm Chris Greer for a little bit and uh, assessing the situation. That's probably one that, that I wouldn't have an appetite for. Uh, given the Dolphins' current situation. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will talk with you guys again tomorrow.